the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Ticket prices in the NFL climbed 50% over the past decade. Parking prices have more than doubled. Beer prices just up 35%, a relative bargain. Average football ticket now, $82. Average parking, $31. Beer, $7 each. This brings me to Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst Briefing.com. Crazy the inflation in football. $7 for a beer, that's a, that's a discount relative to Chicago prices. You and I should sell beer on the road into the game. <laughs> no doubt about it. Just get a big cooler set up for the day. Drink some of our product, make some money. With that said, uh, what are you working on right now, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com? Well, let me just say, or you could just drink the product and not worry about making money. So, um, I am, uh, I'm looking at, uh, well, looking at the market, looking at the response we're seeing to what appears to be the formation of a, uh, a diplomatic solution, if you will, to the events uh, surrounding Syria. Uh, markets uh, shown some. Uh, uh, some good relief over the, that idea that maybe a military strike will be averted, and so you're seeing that uh, being priced into uh, into the market today, and being priced out of uh, crude oil and gold and and uh, treasuries, which are some of the uh, instruments that might have done uh, better in the event of a strike. That's well said. Um, you mentioned gold and oil lower; they're a play on fear, uh, flight to safety, a flight to known versus unknown with Syria. Um, this whole Syria angle proves once again how wrong people like me can be because I was assured that Obama was going to strike with or without congressional approval. He had to do it. I was believing some of the media reports. And then out of nowhere, a left turn. And the reason I bring this up is because people should listen to me and you, but they really shouldn't listen to me and you at times, if that makes any sense, because sometimes things don't go as they appear. You know, I mean that's right, Rob. I mean, in uh, situations like this, you know, I, you know, as a uh, a market analyst, you got to be careful to uh, keep personal views out of one's professional assessment of things as well. You know, my job is to to read the market, and yep. uh, notwithstanding what my own personal views might be in terms of how this was handled from the get-go and and where we stand, the market is telling us that it doesn't think a military strike is going to happen, and that it does prefer. You know, a diplomatic solution, no matter how it's how it's reached, um, and uh, and you have to respect that. You know, the collective wisdom of the market is is shining through here, and uh, and I suppose you know, as a market analyst, what I then in turn have to point out is just the the risk uh, 
if things don't unfold in that manner. You know, we're going to hear from the president tonight. Uh, he's likely to, again, press the case for a military option. Uh, not that he's going to necessarily follow through on it, but just to make the case that one should be reserved if we have to get to that point. Um, but clearly, if there was a military strike that transpired uh, in the future here, um, you'd see a, a significant markdown in equity prices uh, simply, you know, on the basis that, you are now seeing a significant markup in equity prices on the idea that it's not going to happen. Now, Patrick, you're always allowed to tell me that I'm a silly person and that I'm wrong. It's often been said that the market is a discounting mechanism, that it looks six months into the future. If that's the case, the market's not really worried about the budget crisis. It's not worried about the budget ceiling. It's not worried about tapering. Or do you disagree with the initial premise to start with? Well, I think what the the market has basically been conditioned to think is that worst-case scenarios will not unfold. Um, It may be ugly on the way to the end point, but when it all comes down to it, there is usually some solution provided that uh, takes away that worst-case scenario. Um, I think given the experience we've seen and how Congress has handled things over budget debates and the debt ceiling debate in recent years, I think the market is certainly uh, prepped for the possibility that it's going to be another contentious battle, uh, but it's not accepting the idea that things are going to you know, hit a calamitous state again. And so it's trading, if you will, with somewhat of a, of, of a no-fear type of perspective because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's expecting, you know, a, a positive resolution on, on both of those fronts, um, and, and that's what's being discounted in right now. Um, now, obviously, there's a, a complacency risk in that perspective, but uh, nonetheless, uh, that's what uh, the message I'm reading right now in terms of how the market's behaving as it relates to those issues. Your material is the first material that I read of the day. You write what's called page one for briefing.com. Inside of it, there's literally nuggets that you can draw upon and make conclusions about how you feel about the markets. Uh, Today, McDonald's reporting a 1.9% gain in global comparable sales. I'm reading that as global's not so bad. Yeah, um, you know, and the thing about that, that was, uh, strikingly, it was led by growth in Europe. Uh, I believe uh, comps there were up uh, over 3%, uh, and uh, the United States was was about flat, up a little bit, I believe, and then uh, the Asia Pacific was down about five-tenths of 1%. Uh, not as bad as expected, but yeah, it was interesting that uh, it appears that the value proposition uh, that has worked so so long in the United States for McDonald's is starting to resonate in Europe, which is understandable given the uh, ongoing challenges uh, with uh, the economy there. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, it's an encouraging thing uh, to see growth there uh, for McDonald's, and uh, that's translating well for its stock price today, and it's uh, helping boost the broader market. It's crazy that the world that we live in, Mr. O'Hara, that we can look at a McDonald's and say that's a litmus test for the world, but it kind of is, even though they make food that we don't love and adore. Well, right. I mean, it's you know, it's uh, it's a multinational uh, uh, business uh, presence uh, around the world, and the fact of the matter, uh, it caters to uh, a demographic uh, from and to an income level that uh, that's more representative of the greater whole than uh, than you know some of the uh, the luxury restaurant chains uh, would be. So you have to respect what McDonald's is telling you, uh, whether or not you agree with the the menu items or not. Uh, but it uh, has a massive uh, macroeconomic presence, um, and uh, and it's you know f- 
from what we're seeing, uh, it appears to be, uh, you know, appears to be connecting right now with consumers around the world. In high school, I never felt, felt validated. The cheerleader never dated me. I was a soccer star. I was a great athlete. I was a good student, but I never felt validated. Today, I feel validated because Visa and Nike being added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, two companies that I would say I would own until the day I die. I'd buy today. I'll buy it tomorrow. I'll buy it last month because I, I, you're buying great companies. How do you feel about Visa, Nike, and Goldman Sachs being added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average? Right. Well, you know, it, it certainly helps from a, a PR standpoint for those companies, right? I mean, it's it's nice to, you know, be able to tell uh, prospective investors, current investors, that you have this kind of gold label of being a, a Dow Jones industrial average component. Uh, so there's a great, you know, reputational prestige there in, in that. But uh, all that aside, you know, the point you make, these are great companies, you know, great brands. And you and I have talked about the, uh, the power of brands and some past interviews and uh, and I think you're you're right. I mean, you know, they'll they'll have their ups and downs, but at the end of the day, they have perfected a business model that is going to, uh, I think, play out very well for a very long time. And um, and it, uh, I think it, it it makes sense that these companies are being added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, given what they bring to the table from a from the business side of things, and, um, and certainly looking at a company like Nike, for instance, given what it brings from just a multinational presence and its ability to capitalize on the uh, uh, what we see as a secular trend in the emerging middle class in those uh, emerging markets. With that said, when you look at the names, you know, Nike, Visa, Goldman Sachs, they kind of have an evil empire feel to them. That <laughs> I live in, I live in San Francisco, and uh-huh. the Bay Area, we tend to make things kind of evil or good and you know nike sends jobs overseas is it a wrong idea to invest in the dark side (laughs) like do you see where i'm going at with that uh sure yeah um but you know you can probably you know make a similar argument for a a a much larger number of of u.s based businesses right i mean we're a capitalist economy um you know it's about you know Profits uh, and companies are finding ways to, to bolster their, their their profits, and they do that by lowering costs. And they will do that, uh, which you know, through any means possible, really. Um, and you're you're paying for earnings, and um, you might not agree from a social moral standpoint in terms of how they do it, but from an investor standpoint. You know, stock prices are driven by earnings growth, and to the extent that these companies can deliver that earnings growth will afford them, you know, higher stock prices in the future, and you have to respect that uh, that approach to doing things. We're running out of time here. Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Is there anything that you're working on? We've got about two minutes that you think should be highlighted. Right. Um, you know, I'm curious to uh, – uh, you know, I'm kind of stuck in this analysis paralysis mode because we have this FOMC meeting coming out uh, next week, and so I'm really interested to see, as the world is, what the Fed's how it's going to manage this tapering decision. Uh, and so that's on my radar, and I'm certainly also looking at the retail sales report that's coming out on Friday. I want to see if you see, uh, you know, the one good thing about the employment report for August was that you did see an increase in aggregate earnings, and that should. Uh, flow through to uh, stronger gains in retail sales, and we just want to see if that's confirmed uh, when that data is released on Friday. Yeah, that um, employment report on Friday, I think everyone kind of collectively thought it was a bad report. What was your bottom line take on it? 
Yeah, I thought it was bad in that it didn't provide any signaling closure in terms of what the Fed is going to do. You know, it was just kind of that mixed, you know, some good things, some not great things. Uh, so I was disappointed that we didn't get any signaling closure. But, you know, I guess if you really want to, you know, characterize it, I'd say it was a disappointment because you didn't get really the really strong job growth that you need to lower the unemployment rate for good reasons versus just people dropping out of the labor force. So um, we can see very much. better things there. That's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. We'll take a break. Be right back. In August from a year earlier, and China's industrial out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 